Thank you for joining us on EZ's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that make a difference. Something that is really exciting is when an organization does such great community work that they inspire others to take up the cause and work for the purpose. So Trevor Furman, Eitan Mendelo, and Salan Kalori are med students at Nova Southeastern University, and they have been so inspired by the work of the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative that they have planned an amazing fundraiser event. And I want to welcome each of you first, and let's get a little bit of your story and why this is important. Trevor, I know you're kind of the leader on Petal for Pink. What is it about your background, being a med student at Nova Southeastern University, and the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative that clicked for you. Yeah, so I've always wanted to do medicine since I was a kid, and my grandma, who passed away from breast cancer last year, March of 2020, was like literally one of my best friends. I felt like she knew me the best. I could have any conversation with her. She loves grandkids so much, and uh, unfortunately, breast cancer took her life, and I, I learned how preventable cancer is and also how prevalent it is. It's 98% curable with early detection prevention, and it happens in one in eight women. And I'm a huge, huge cyclist. I love biking, so I'm raising awareness through biking. And we found the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative because they work with NOVA, and they go door-to-door and focus on early detection prevention, which is exactly what I would love community to get involved in. That's what would have saved my grandma, but I know that it'll that those measures will save lots more people, and that's what my grandma would want. That's what it means to me. On your Instagram page for Petal for the number four pink, you have a little story about meeting your grandma and just the picture of her. She just looks like a wonderful person, and I'm so sorry for your loss. Aton, why are you involved with Women's Breast and Heart Initiative? What was it about what they're doing on campus that spoke to you? I have a family history of breast cancer. My grandmother, she's been battling it for years. She actually was diagnosed with this occurrence and had a mastectomy in 2020. And she was fortunate enough to receive the screenings and care she needed when she needed it most. You know, the whole mission of Women's Breast and Heart Initiative and how they make screenings accessible to people in the community who wouldn't otherwise have access to it is it really brought me to them and this mission. And Sahand, you were also at National Pink Day for Summer Breast Cancer Awareness when I met the three of you where we were doing free mammograms for women in the community with the mobile mammography van. So you're also an advocate for this. Why are you an advocate? Yeah, so I think that my inspiration for this is really two-pronged. First off, listening to Trevor and Aton's stories about both of their grandmothers and their stories has really inspired me and shown me how important it is and you know how it can touch people who are really close to me. In terms of breast cancer specifically, I don't have a family member who has experienced it, thank goodness. You know, I look at the uh, women in my life who are important to me, you know, my grandmother, my mother, and, you know, my little sister. And this is a condition that can potentially, you know, affect them. So I'm doing it for all the women out there and um, hopefully be able to show them how to screen for it and prevent it. I love that the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative has made such an impact on you, even without a personal experience. And like you said, I hope it never happens. But that's what they want to do. They want to spread the word about how much better your odds are if you get early detection. And their mission is to make sure that mammograms are accessible to anyone regardless of income. So 
this whole pedal for pink idea. Trevor, you are a bicycler. And was that what made you think, oh, I can bicycle to raise money? Well, you see so many fundraisers going on in the community, and it's awesome. And I always look at people that use something interesting about themselves or a talent to, to spread awareness. And I was thinking, like, what do I have? Like, what makes me interesting? And, like, honestly, not a lot, but I'm like, I'm a cyclist, so that's something. And I, I bike a ton, and so I thought, let's do something crazy. Let's do something fun. And turn heads a little bit towards breast cancer so that people aren't like, ah, you know, it's just another fundraiser. But man, this guy's a medical student. He's biking from Canada to Mexico. And I mean, it's not really about ego. It's just like, I want to show like how important this is to me. So that's kind of why we're taking this grand scale. Okay. Now I know you're already out in California. You're ready to begin. And in case anyone thought they didn't hear correctly, Trevor did say Canada to Mexico. Now, Eitan and Sahand, what are you guys going to be doing to support him along the way? We're going to be actually staying in an RV as we go city to city. So I'm going to be driving the RV. We're meeting with different clinics, different organizations along the way that we can spread our message to. So we're kind of setting up the logistics for that kind of making sure Trevor stays safe on the road, can stop for him and things like that. Make sure that nobody's holding up signs. I saw they had a big crash in the Tour de France, and we certainly do not want... Right, exactly. So um, although we would love to have people throughout the coast waving and standing out as you go, and you're going to communicate along the way. So I looked this up. It's 1,700 miles that you're going to be riding, or just under 1,700 miles. Trevor, what's your goal day per day? How do you keep going? We go about 100 miles a day, but I do a lot of biking in Florida. But honestly, I can't really tell you like what's going to keep me moving forward other than like I love biking and I love my grandma, so it's just those two things, and I have that as a huge motivation. My grandma was the strongest person. I I wish everybody could get to know her. I feel prepared for this trip. This isn't something that I just planned on a whim. I wanted to do something like this and surpassing, so I've trained a lot for it, and I think it'll work out. You're going down the Pacific Coast Highway, right? Correct, yeah. So there's mountains. How do you train for mountains in flat Florida? (laughs) You can ask any guy I bike with, and they've heard me complain a million times about how there's no mountains in Florida. But I have climbed a lot of mountains before moving to Florida. I went to school in Utah, and I actually ran track for BYU, and then I moved on to cycling. But there was there's a ton of mountains in Utah and San Francisco, a ton of mountains. People can say that and be like, I don't know what Trevor's going to do. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be able to make it. There's mountains in California, but I think maybe we can just pray for some tailwinds, but hopefully the mountains won't be too big of a... Roadblock. All right. Now, with all of this process, you are raising money for Women's Breast and Heart Initiative. Tell me about your GoFundMe page. Yeah. So uh, we do have a GoFundMe set up. So our initial goal is to raise about ten thousand dollars. All the money that is raised is going to be going to WBHI, the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative. The purpose of it is to further aid in the work that, that they do in spreading awareness, um, getting you know the mammogram trucks, and just you know getting that word out. And, you know, if, if you or someone you know who would like to donate, uh, you can definitely find our GoFundMe by searching Pedal for Pink. That's the number four. And then on that website, you'll be able to find more about our story. And you could also check our Instagram bio to follow our journey. Okay. And now you're going to be posting every day along the way? Yeah, we got a GoPro Max. It's a 360 view. It's time to got it all set up. I have a GoPro myself. 
we'll get some great footage and we'll be posting right at time. Yeah, we got cameras. We're going to be documenting the whole thing and keeping everyone on our Instagram up to date on who we're meeting with and what we're doing. The places you're stopping along the way are these local breast cancer organizations. Who have you picked out as a group of people to spread awareness to? So we pretty much just kind of looked up the town. Some of the towns are really small, so they don't necessarily have a breast cancer organization themselves. We're kind of just trying to meet with whoever is willing to meet with us. So if that's just locals outside of a Walmart, that's great. We just really want to spread our message. Um, everyone, anyone that's willing to talk to us that we can say and show how important getting screening is, that's really it. These small towns, we're just going to table up and like eat our dinner somewhere like on the sidewalk and we'll have our women's breast and heart initiative banner on the table and we have pamphlets and we're just going to talk to people and, and represent that way but a lot of this can be through social media you know and we'll make surprise visits through clinics and like while you know the night before we'll look up where we're going the next day and be like oh man there's this clinic let's call them up and let's meet the doctor there and and challenge the doctor to post on his or her social media about what we're doing and so a lot of it's going to be uh, impromptu game time decisions. It's going to be fun. How long do you expect it to take to go 1,690 miles in the mountains on a bicycle? I plan on being on the bike about six hours a day. So we'll, we'll start in the morning and finish in the, in the afternoon. So about six hours a day on the bike, about 100 miles a day. We have a rest day in Half Moon Bay. So July 3rd to the 20th is the trip. So that's the logistics of it. I'm just going to Take it slow at the beginning. If I have some extra juice left, maybe we'll ramp it up at the end. That's the plan. And I especially love the dual purpose that you are educating people at the same time as you're doing something important for our local community by raising the funds for Women's Breast and Heart Initiative. I'm sure there must be some people who are saying, well, why are you riding out there but raising money for an organization here? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So... This is the first time I'm ever doing this. You know, it's the same message everywhere. I'm getting just as much support on the West Coast as the East Coast. And so it, it just shows, like, how unifying breast cancer awareness is, how many people have been affected. It's one in eight women that will be affected by breast cancer. So that's the cool thing about this ride. It, it doesn't really matter where I start and finish. The impact is the same. The Women's Breast and Heart Initiative, you know, they're on a number of college campuses as part of the curriculum and with their organization seeking young advocates to spread the word now so that people can live what they call a disease deterrent lifestyle. So by the time a woman is 40 and she has her first mammogram, she hasn't already done the damage that could lead to cancer. And if they've done nothing else to affect three med students to do what you're doing, they are succeeding in that. Now, we, of course, want donations to help the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative with their offering no-cost mammograms. So that goes on your GoFundMe page. And again, it's Pedal, P-E-D-A-L, the number four, pink. And that's the same thing to look for on Instagram. You'll be posting regularly. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to check back with you next week and see how you're doing along the way. Let's do it. Okay. Love that. Well, you're, you're the Thanks one I'm going to say. Let's do it, too. Go for it. <laughs> what can people here do in addition to donating to support what you're doing? I think uh, one of the best ways to really follow our journey is to uh, follow our Instagram. Once again, Pedal4Pink. Um, in addition to that, 
spread our mission. You know, speak to your loved ones, speak to the people who are important in your life. And, you know, if you don't know what to tell them, you could always go on to the WBHI, you know, website. They have plenty of you know, resources there to tell you about breast cancer screening and, you know, the awareness that we're trying to spread. So it's not just a fundraiser. You know, our main goal is to spread awareness. And so that, I think that's the biggest thing that you can do. And you guys have done a great job with putting information on the Instagram page about breast cancer and the kind of education that people need still about it. So kudos to you for that. So we've got Petal, the number four pink. If you want to go directly to the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative and look at their website, it's flbreasthealth.com. Any final words you have for our listeners? I think the best thing I can tell people is that I wholeheartedly believe that breast cancer is preventable. I mean, 98% of breast cancers are preventable with early detection prevention measures in place. And so that's the message that I would take home. That's really why I'm biking. There's so many people that I know have just as incredible a relationship as I have with my grandma, and you know, I want them to, to continue that. I want them to continue to have those loved ones around them. And so um, I'm really doing it for my grandma and, and doing it for everybody to have those loved ones around them. So we can kick this thing. I mean, breast cancer is preventable. That's the main message here. All right. Well, I really appreciate what you're doing to spread the message. Trevor Furman, Eitan Mendelo, Sahand Kalori, we are going to touch base with you again next week. And I think anyone can relate to what you've said, that it can affect anyone at any time and everyone's family is affected by it and that it is preventable. You're spreading the education and the information. You three have the ability to save lives by what you're doing. So again, pedal the number four pink. Trevor Furman, Eitan Mendelo, and Sahan Kalori from Nova Southeastern University's Med School. Thank you guys for what you're doing. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much. For our next segment of Easy's Community Focus, with today being 4th of July, something that people don't always think about is how fireworks can impact people with post-traumatic stress disorder. And one of the largest populations with that is veterans. So I'm happy to welcome from Mission United Broward, Lillian Bentley, both a Navy veteran and works with veterans who are reintegrating in society with employment. Lillian, thank you for talking to us. Can you tell us a little bit about your own Navy experience? Sure. I served in the Navy from, I would say, about 2006 to 2012. I was in the ceremonial guard where I was stationed in Washington, D.C., and I did a lot of the funerals at Arlington Cemetery as well as President Ford's funeral when he passed away as well. After my time there, I was stationed on the USS Ronald Reagan out in San Diego. I was a corpsman, so I basically, you know, any type of medical needs or any type of medical things that went on on the ship, um, I helped with those things. And um, I was, I got to go on deployment and I got to visit a couple of countries like Dubai, Singapore, Thailand, Hawaii. So it was really awesome. It's a, That's an amazing, great experience. Except when you said you were on duty at Arlington for funerals. And the first thing that I thought is how sad and tragic that is to have to be there. But I suppose it's a way of celebrating the lives. 
Yes, it was like for me, it was an honor because not many people get to honor the lives of the people who sacrificed for our country and be able to, you know, like ceremoniously, you know, honor their lives and, you know, show their families that we care about them and that we care about their service to our country as well. Right. So, you know, today is a day that we want to show that we care about our freedoms in this country. And to me, it always means we have to include the veterans in that because they're the ones who are responsible for us continuing to have our freedoms. They fight for us. And I know everybody wants to celebrate and there's fireworks, but we learn more and more as time goes by about the effects of fireworks on veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder. First of all, you're working with so many veterans yourself when you're helping to find employment for them. How much PTSD do you see among the veterans you work with? Um, quite a bit. And a lot of, I would say a lot of veterans, especially the older veterans, they've gone um, undiagnosed um, just because of that pride we have in ourselves and not, you know, dealing with certain things. And so um, I would say most veterans um, have dealt with some type of PTSD, whether it's been acknowledged or not. Yeah, I remember the phrase, it always used to be, ah, oh, just man up, you know, whether you're, mm-hmm. j- j- just pull yourself together. And for someone who's been through a traumatic experience, it's just not that simple. What are some things that we can do, first of all, to recognize PTSD in a veteran, or a loved one, um, when we don't understand their behavior? Um, with PTSD, it shows up in different people in different ways. Um, let's say for a woman that might have been through military sexual trauma, she might have issues with being touched um, mm. by people. Um, let's say someone who served over in Afghanistan, um, hearing loud noises or, you know, hearing fireworks and things of that nature. Those are things that trigger um, people in different ways. And for us, it's not really something unless that veteran has been going to counseling to recognize what their triggers are. Um, A lot of times it's a situation where some veterans become withdrawn and they, you know, go into their they go into their shells and they don't want to be bothered. Um, In other instances, some veterans might act out and it might show up in anger. So, I mean, being mindful and knowing the the patterns of behavior of, of a family member that are normal and then also recognizing when those patterns have changed and noticing like, you know, when they might not want to go out and be around people as much. Like, you know, just noticing when those certain patterns and behavior change, I think that's really one of the only ways that you would be able to recognize it. How can someone who sees their veteran, whatever the relationship may be, broach the topic with them when it's like you talk about the pride and, you know, yes, I served and you want to come back thinking, I have not been negatively impacted, but again, it's a traumatic experience. So how do you Bring that up to someone who doesn't even want to acknowledge that they're experiencing anything. I think that just being there when they are ready to acknowledge it, I wouldn't say, um, because I think that it, it can also be triggering by a person, you know, constantly pointing out that 
they see these changes in behavior. But um, I think just being mindful of the way you go about it, um, like, hey, family member, I noticed that you seem a little on edge. Are you okay? You want to talk about it? And being open and ready when they're ready to have that discussion and also you know, being open and ready to say, hey, if you want to talk about it, I'm here for you. If you feel more comfortable talking to another veteran, that's one of the things that I love about Miss United is that we're staffed by all veterans. And so when we have veterans come in, they're more comfortable talking to other veterans than they are talking to, I would say, a family member or, you know, a civilian. So encouraging them to join groups and talk to other veterans about what they might be going through is also a way that would be helpful. Yeah, you know, they always say you can't really understand what someone's gone through until you've walked in their shoes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in society, you're going to run into lots of people who have not walked into your shoes. So trying to be empathetic and consider the circumstances really does help. And, you know, like you said, Mission United does have groups and you've moved them to telegroups, right? Or uh, Zoom meetings, Teams meetings because of the pandemic? Yes. So even with the VA, um, with the pandemic, so many, we've discovered how we can stay connected, um, you know, through Zoom and just, you know, talking over the phone. So um, we have like our two-on-one hotline where if a veteran is, you know, experiencing any type of issues, they can call that particular line and get the help that they need, whether it be counseling, housing, or any other types of support. Yeah, I mean, you're, you've got like your main things that you focus on at Mission United with housing, jobs, health, legal support, education, and financial stability. And obviously, PTSD falls in almost everything. You know, you can't keep a job if you're having uh, reactions or... Being triggered in different ways. Yeah, you know, you can't keep a job if you're being triggered. It's hard to sit in a classroom if you're having these experiences that others may not understand, and then that can impact your ability to maintain your house and your home and your family. So it really works into everything in someone's life. And then we have these holidays where, you know, we celebrate with fireworks all the time. Although I hear there's a shortage this year, which I'd never heard of before. But I know that that will not stop people from having fireworks events. Uh, and, And I'm trying to think of like, you know, preventive measures you can take. It's like one thing, if you're going to go to a big public event you know what to expect, but then there are always places where people do their own individual fireworks. Your neighbors are going to do that. So how do you talk to a neighbor or someone and say, hey, you know, please try and understand that your fireworks could create a problem in my household without infringing on their right to celebrate? Right. I think that it can be a difficult conversation, but I also think that we are, we also have to be mindful that people are pretty much open-minded and just having that conversation in a respectful way um, and saying, and, you know, explaining the situation without, you don't have to divulge all of your information if you don't want to, but just having a respectful conversation, explaining to a person that, you know, a lot of veterans go are going through PTSD or have PTSD and fireworks can be very triggering just because it sounds a lot like gunshots, you know, 
and um, being over in Afghanistan or being over in Guam and different places that have experienced any type of war or anything like that, we we have to be mindful of those things and just, you know, having that having that conversation, regardless of how awkward it may be. I think a lot of people respect our veterans enough to say, hey, I never even thought that that would be an issue. And they might go somewhere else to watch the fireworks or go somewhere else to, you know, pop off the fireworks. I think that a lot of people are more open to having that conversation than just, you know, saying, hey, I don't care. I'll talk <laughs> anyway, you know. <laughs> Thank goodness, because there was a time when people in this country were not as considerate to our veterans mm-hmm. in a certain era. So I'm I'm so happy that it's changed. And it just strikes me that, you know, like with the, the kids from Parkland, um, for them, it's got to be just as traumatic having heard the pop, pop, pop in a school shooting, it's very similar in where that sound can suddenly take you back to the experience and now you're frightened again. Most definitely. What can someone do if they're with anyone who is reacting badly to the sounds of fireworks if they're suddenly freaking out? You know, how do you handle that situation? Um, I think moving that person out of that environment um, or even, you know, just talking to them and asking them like, hey, are you okay? Um, If you're ready to leave, we can we can go. Do you feel like you, um, you know, you might need someone to talk to or, you know, you can ask, like, are you being triggered by this particular situation? Um, Because I think acknowledging that it can be triggering or, you know, just talking to a person and calming them down is very, it's very helpful. You know, it's going to sound silly. It makes me think of the preparation people take for their pets and they get those thunder jackets for the dogs Mm -hmm. so they don't get scared. And I guess it's the same thing. You have to look at what you can do in advance to try and prepare for it. I've heard that CBD oils are supposed to be effective with uh, PTSD. I don't know if that's scientifically proven, you know, article I saw on the internet. I've heard there is a group of veterans that um, they are promoting like CBD oil. However, let's say for me, uh, when I was getting my master's in mental health counseling, one of the things that I learned is the tapping method, right? So attention off whatever that trigger is. And say, for instance, tapping on your leg, that diverts your attention to something else. So now you're no longer focusing on what that initial trigger is. And now you're focused on something else. You know what I mean? Oh, that's fascinating. I'm just wondering, where can someone get information? I keep seeing ads for it on Facebook to take seminars about tapping. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what would you say is the best place to learn about a preventive measure like that, calming things that you can do, like tapping? So the VA has, they, they have a lot of great information. So if you go to the VA's website, they have like a lot of information on PTSD and, um, you know, how to divert your attention. And they also have an app for veterans now where they have a lot of different meditations. Um, They have like a lot of journaling in that app. It's a whole lot of um, different resources that veterans would be able to use using that app. And if they just go to 
to the VA website and um, search up PTSD and, you know, how to deal with it and counseling and different things like that. It's all there. And downloading that app, for me, it was extremely helpful because, um, like, I learned about the tapping method. I got into meditation, like all these different things that were extremely helpful. And understanding that there are things that might trigger you that you don't even know would trigger you. Mm -hmm. And then when you see yourself being triggered, having these resources as far as tapping or meditation, and different things of that nature, they're extremely helpful to redirect your attention and your energy from that particular trigger into something else. That redirect attention sounds like a really critical piece of it to take someone away from the negativity and focus them on something else. Mm -hmm. People can just remember that. And, And I would also think that having the conversation in advance to ask someone, you know, are you concerned? Like if we're going to go to fireworks at a park, do you think this will be a problem? Do you think the awareness itself will help someone to prevent having that, you know, flashback or whatever it is? Most definitely, because as veterans, just because of our training, we're hyper aware of our surroundings. Um, So I think that letting the person know where you're going, um, what events will take place at that particular place, so they can already be mentally prepared for the environment that they're going into is extremely helpful. I'm thinking put it on TV with the volume down. <laughs> you can see how right. it is and just avoid that. But um, this is such helpful information. And I know that anyone who calls Mission United can get this kind of support in all areas of their life. What is the number for Mission United? What's the best way to reach you? Sure. Um, so there are two ways. You can call 211 and they will direct you to Mission United or any other services that you need. And then our other number that you can call is 954-4-UNITED, okay. and it will send you straight to us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the website, of course, missionunitedbroward.org, and you can find everything there. Is there anything else we need to know about this? Um, I think we covered just about everything. Okay. Thank you. And again, if anyone needs assistance, Mission United Broward is there. Lillian Bentley working to help find veterans employment through Mission United. Very much appreciate your time and wish you a wonderful 4th of July. Thank you. Same to you. And just a couple of safety reminders. If you are going to be setting off fireworks tonight for 4th of July celebrations, please remember, of course, our veterans. Remember that pets can be traumatized by the fireworks and people get injured every year. So if you are doing your own fireworks, take them outside. Always have a bucket of water nearby just in case. Keep children away from the fireworks. And again, your pets, bring them indoors in a calm, comfortable place so they don't run away. I thank you for listening today. Join me again next Sunday for a new edition of Easy's Community Focus starting at 6.50. Have a fabulous 4th of July. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.